That's right, you're now tuned into Verbal Radio here on 97.5 FM KUBU and on Spotify. Our guest today in the building, the Chief Probation Officer of Sacramento County himself, Mr. Marlon Yarber. Marlon, how you doing today? Good afternoon, doing well. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to have you here. Thank Um, you. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. And thank you for bringing all of that energy that you always carry with you in every room. That's good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Marlon. You are the chief probation officer of Sacramento County. Right. How does one find themselves in that role? Man, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, not by chance. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, you certainly, you know, uh, put yourself in positions where you, you know, you think you can affect change and. Uh, you hope that people who make those decisions on who is, you know, selected as chief uh, recognize that. And so, you know, it's not by chance. I um, started my career uh, as a deputy probation officer, you know, early 90s in Modesto, Stanislaus County. Shout out Stanislaus County. Uh, you know, worked there for, you know, four or five years and uh, then left and went to work for the state of California uh, at what was then known as the Office of Criminal Justice Planning. Uh, you know, was there for about uh, two years and then was asked, you know, to accept a position with what was called the Board of Corrections. So the entity that does all of the inspections and regulations of jails and juvenile halls, they do all the training and certification of classes and curriculum for probation officers. Uh, and also uh, that office was tasked with some research around what works and what doesn't work in regards to juvenile and criminal justice. And so I ended up working in that division, trying to define and identify, you know, what works, what doesn't, how can we improve systems, et cetera. And uh, from it led to, you know, all sorts of opportunities. You know, one, I, I uh, got promoted, so I ended up leading that division. Uh, but I also had a chance to work on things like uh, disproportionate minority contact. So trying to, you know, identify, you know, what are all the contributing factors to overrepresentation and disparities in the system. And, you know, that uh, has certainly informed uh, my career and, and helped shape uh, not just, you know, the jurisdictions I've worked for, but also the state of California. As, you know, we had a chance to kind of uh, influence the way, you know, the rest of California um, uh, managed that issue. And so, uh, you know, but even though I went to work for the state, I always had this yearning, like, you know, to be back in the trenches, you know, really to see where the where the rubber meets the road, as they say. And, uh, you know, in 2011, I had a chance to go back to work for um, Yolo County. You know, it provided me an opportunity, again, to kind of get back in the trenches, but not have to move my family uproot and, you know, get into, you know, the carpool lane every day and <laughs> literally just, uh, you know, make a trip across the causeway, which is, you know, where I went to school, UC Davis. Uh, and so... Uh, Fortunate to have that opportunity, served about a year as assistant chief, uh, about another year as interim chief. And, uh, you know, the the um, opportunity came about where, you know, there was a new chief here in Sacramento who, uh, you know, we, we had friends in common and they were all, you know, saying, hey, Marlon, you know, you and Lee Seal, you know, you guys might be a great team together. You know, you certainly would be a great complement for one another. Um, you know, you live in Sacramento. You know, there's nothing like, you know, working for the jurisdiction where you live because your decisions matter just that much more. And, you know, from that, uh, you know, I got that job as assistant chief. So came, you know, or stayed, if you will, in Sacramento, uh, reduced the commute, if you will, uh, and had a chance to affect change really on the, the place where I call home, place where I raise my kids. And, um, uh, about now, what is it, about 
two years ago, the, you know, then chief Lee Seal decided to leave. And, you know, I was at this point where, you know, I could retire, uh, you know, I'm of age and in terms of the criminal justice system, like you can retire early, uh, you know, I'm of age and, and, and could have left, but he was like, no, you know, you, you put so much of yourself into this, like you need to pursue this. You need to think about, you know, becoming chief, like you, you, you deserve that. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, had to do really kind of a gut check, like, oh, you know, do I want this? Because, you know, this job comes with all the headaches, uh, all the challenges, um, but also all of the rewards. You know, you get a chance to, again, kind of move the needle, if you will, particularly for the black community, move the needle uh, in a way that you maybe can't otherwise. And so I remember specifically, uh, you know, at the point where I was trying to decide, like, what am I going to do? Like, do I want to apply for this? Do I want to accept this challenge? And uh, vividly remember uh, walking through our juvenile detention facility, you know, we call it the youth detention facility, the YDF, and seeing all the black and brown faces and, excuse me, for me, that was it. That was it. You know, that's the reason uh, I do this work. For me, that was the, the, the motivating factor to, you know, raise my hand, say, yes, I want this, go all in, because if I'm going to compete, you know, my wife will tell you, like, it, you know, it, there's uh, no punches pulled. So for me, that was it. You know, I, I respect that tremendously. Um, and thank you for being so candid sure. about, about what your motivation is. It's a, it's a very, um, you know, Franklin Roosevelt said, there's nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer. And there you know, there's a common saying that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who see a problem and run away from it, and there are people who see a problem and run towards it. True. Um, and in that, you and I have in common, we see a problem, we run towards it. Back home, where I come from in D.C., um, it's a very common thing for uh, peace officers or, or those in law enforcement to actually live in the communities that they um have jurisdiction of right um and it helps with community engagement it helps the community get to know those people who are there to protect them um and it deters crime just having those those presences and the feeling like you said of being able to make a difference in the very community that you live in right where you can see the problems yourself and you say you know what we need to do something about this um so hats off to you. Now, yeah, let me ask you. you a question. Sure. It might sound a little bit silly. Keep in mind I'm not I'm not from Sacramento That's and right. and and you know, it's been a very long time since my days of juvenile probation. Uh what does so the chief probation officer? Yeah. Um are you the head of the probation department? Correct, I am. And so like all of the other probation officers are under your supervision. Correct. Okay, so you're the head man. You're the so if 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 I needed, hypothetically speaking, uh, if I if I needed information on like probation or stuff like that, you're the person who would either know that or be able to route me to the co person co who I would correct. Talk to. We are a uh, a large department. There's about 700 staff in the probation department. Roughly 600 of those are sworn peace officers. You will the other hundred are our administrative professionals and support staff. Uh, and so, if, you know, if I don't know the answer, I can certainly connect you to to the person who does or to, you know, someone who can assist further. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate. Like, I, I, I truly believe we have likely the best department in the state, perhaps in the nation. Uh, some of that really not just, uh, you know, my, my own bias, but others have commented. And so, uh, you know, that 
helps uh, confirm what I think I see with my eyes and what I think I know. Uh, you know, our facility itself is, I think, the only facility nationwide to win, you know, a prestigious award around how we manage detention services, if you will. Uh, we, we have done such a good job. Uh, you know, we got tired of, of uh, competing for that particular award and I'm now moved into a different category, uh, just given some of our new responsibilities with youth who will be, you know, in our care longer term and, you know, hope to, you know, achieve that same level of success with, with programming there. You know, it's a little bit of a... Um, uh, irony, I guess, like, you know, I wish we weren't good at this thing or I wish we didn't have to do this mm -hmm. thing. But if we are going to do it, you know, in the way of, you know, talking about detention, we want to do it in the best way possible. You know, we, we take this approach that, you know, what would you what would you do if it was your own son or daughter? You know, how would you want the system to, to look? How would you want it to feel? Uh, what are the services you'd want to provide to them so that, you know, they, they leave from our care in better shape than perhaps they arrived in? And so that's the, the really the philosophy of our, our work. Rehabilitation. Correct. You know, that's a that's one of the big things with the with um the corrections department nationwide is the big the big debate versus rehabilitation versus um housing separation. Yeah. Um because there's a the Justice Department has said outright that it is not the responsibility of the Department of Corrections to to rehabilitate mm -hmm. um prisoners, whereas society has the expectation that that is the purpose of prison in the first place yeah, for rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, probation's role, you know, is squarely there as it relates to rehabilitation. So we don't shy away from that. It's, uh, you know, on, on us really, we, we, we accept the challenge and responsibility of trying to figure out, you know, which things can assist with that goal. Um, and that's, that's actually what I wanted to ask you yeah. about because you said prior to, uh, you were saying earlier prior to your ascension to chief probation officer, mm -hmm that one of the roles you had was to identify what things were working, yeah. um, what things were effective and what things weren't. Yeah. So could you tell us about some of the more effective things sure, sure. that um, help with youth? Sure. Um, you know, again, I, I, I had a chance to be involved with uh, several different research projects, uh, really, really comprehensive. I mean, you know, couple hundred data elements, you know, to the point where it's just exhausting trying to figure out like which things matter and which things don't. Uh, and the biggest takeaway, you know, certainly for the, the audience who's listening today, the biggest takeaway and thing I share often with, with both uh, staff, but also our partners and other stakeholders is it, it comes down to that caring individual. So, you know, you can have the, the best sort of um, uh, treatment modality. You can have the gold standard of the thing that's been researched to death that's proven to work. But if you have the wrong people delivering that service, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side, you can also have uh, an emerging uh, uh, treatment modality or something that's not been researched and has never really been proven to be effective. But if you have that magic, that connection between both the client and the provider, you know, whether that's the probation officer or others, like that's the thing where, you know, you see behavior change occur when you see someone, you truly take advantage of the opportunity that we're trying to give them. So having someone who genuinely cares makes a, makes a difference in Correct. the lives of, um, well, I, I can tell you as a, as a youth who uh, went through a fair share of difficulties, mm -hmm. that made a difference for me. Yeah. Um, having that person there who cared. Um, you know, yesterday we were talking with Dr. Porter and uh, Mervyn Brookins, and one of the things that we came up with was that uh, – Exposure to different um, facets of life True. also makes a difference um, in the long-term development of the youth. You know, because apparently it's a thing here. 
where a lot of people who were born in Sacramento have never left Sacramento. That's true. Yeah. Um, true in other jurisdictions, but it's definitely true here in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah that's so, I guess I come from a, a, a city so small. That that you if you sneeze too hard you're gonna be in Maryland or Virginia. Yeah, like I'm born and raised in Stockton. I don't know if I said it, and it's like there's people in Stockton who've never left Stockton. Like oh. not not just the cities around Stockton, but have never left Stockton. And so you know, coming to Sacramento, you know, this is the big city. By the way, when I was a kid, like this is where we come, used to come oh, hang out. Oh. You know, this is where all the you know fine girls was at, and this was where yeah, the, yeah. Know, clubs were at, where at least they weren't shooting every night like they were in Stockton. Uh, and and so you know you come here and it's like wow you realize the same sort of mentality like, there are people that have never left Sac like not just never left Sacramento like I have learned there are people who have never left Oak Park never left yeah, Del Paso Heights like never left the, the neighborhood that, that's what they were saying like, it, it is uh, it is a phenomenon for sure that's such a weird it, thing to me it is it's, true it's like how I've does heard that happen I, I do not know it is uh, you know but but it does come back to what you started with in regards to exposure and you know trying to uh, share with kids that the world is just bigger, bigger than what than they this. see, you know, outside of the door in the morning every day. Like, and the world's that much there's bigger. different ways of, you know, that's a, one of my favorite, I came up with a little analogy, huh. right? Because, you know, I wanted to, people used to call me a fortune cookie, but I was always quoting other people's stuff. So I came up with one on my own, right? And I'm pretty sure somebody's going to listen to this and be like, actually, somebody else came up with this one too. Hmm. But there are different roads to get to the same objective. You know, like four plus three makes seven. Absolutely. But so does six and one, Correct. five and two. Correct. And you, so you play, you play craps? Uh, no, <laughs> I, just, I play I play dominoes. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. got you. You count. I play, so, I play yes, bones. You count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, um, I got you. And that's a whole sensitive. Dude, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. We'll have that podcast a different day. But yeah, because Jay King been been wailing on <laughs> me. Been dominoes. getting you. Okay. Right. Even came up with a name for him. Oh like, no! Man, called me Tender Meat. Oh like, no! On the air. Oh no! Yeah, no. Oh no! All my life I had to fight. <laughs> you gotta uh, schedule a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it, it's been definitely a process of 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 being able to see that one. It's not just other places where things are different because you know you got different environments the physical differences but then right. you can have cultural differences within your same culture yeah, absolutely like going down to the bahamas and seeing how those black people were in the bahamas different world versus like black people in mississippi versus black people in connecticut versus yeah. black people in california yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're all black people yeah right but then it's like oh well you know these people are more focused on this and these people are more focused on this and then you realize like you don't have to be any one thing that somebody told you. And I think for me, right. that's been the biggest game changer in my life was realizing that I did not need permission to do what I wanted in the sense of, I used to think, and I honestly, man, I swear, I honestly thought this, like I was born into capitalism and well-trained on it. Sure. So like, let's say if I wanted to, be, I wanted to be a chef for a long time, I wanted to be a chef. So I started working in restaurants. Yeah. Um, at, at 14, started working in restaurants, became a GM at 19 and, you know, did that for 20 years wow. running restaurants before I finally became a chef. Wow. A restaurant. Finally. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm sitting here saying to myself, like, well, if I didn't go to school and get a degree in it and I don't have a certification, then the only way that I could actually do this is if some restaurant promotes me to that position and then I've got it. But the reality is, if all if I wanted to be a chef, all I had to do was start cooking. Yeah. And just become great at start. it. Start. Just start doing it. We, we say that a lot in the probation world. Just start. And, and that's the thing. It's like, and, and it, that's the part that nobody told me growing up. Because mm -hmm. people always say, you can be anything you want to be. This is America. You can be the president if you want. But what they don't tell you is that if you follow your passion, 
it'll lead you to wherever you want to go anyway. Correct. But you have to take those first steps and you have to be consistent with it. So going back to the steps that are being taken, uh, I want to talk about you a little bit because sure. if, 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 you know, if I had to guess, I would say that like me, you're a man from the ghetto. You Stockton. I mean, is, you said Stockton. Yeah, Stockton. Now, my my parents uh, would not let me tell you know a story here. Both of them rest in peace. Uh, my dad, military, uh, you know, so just refused for us to you know get involved in anything that was not positive. Uh, it, it went from everything to you know how we looked and how we dressed, what our shirt collars looked like every day to. Uh, you know, the, the grades that we got, the, the things that we did each day in terms of our routine, you know, not being able to watch TV till your homework is done, like mm-hmm. just very, very uh, disciplined upbringing in that regard. And so uh, they themselves recognize, I think, you know, at the point where, where our neighborhood started to turn, you know, early, mid-70s, like we got to get out of here because, you know, two boys, like the, the chances here are not good. You know, my brother and I, chances would not be good. And so uh, my parents, you know, had the means and the ability and obviously the foresight to get us out of that neighborhood, move to, you know, the opposite end of Stockton, uh, which was, you know, brought a whole other set of challenges. You know, you go from kind of the the uh, lower middle class, very diverse, uh, you know, to other side of town where literally I think there were eight of us in my graduating class of mm. 500. You know? mm. So it's like, yeah, yeah. T- total different set of, of challenges. But see, that, that makes you the more balanced individual. I agreed. I can walk in all sorts of it, uh, places that's for ex- sure. So my upbringing was similar. Um, I don't know how my parents ever became attracted to each other, being <laughs> as different as they are. Right, right. Um, like my father, God rest him, was a man from the ghetto, mm. right? And he and he he had no no illusions yeah. about about what life was in the world around him, mm. and he always knew he wanted better for his children. Yeah. But when we lived with my dad, it was like bologna sandwiches, ramen noodles, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, fried ketchup, bologna, fried yeah. bologna, ketchup, yeah, yeah. And, and spaghetti. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we went to, but, the but we thought that was you know we were was, living, was living well. Five yeah, of us yeah. sleeping in one room. Yeah, you know the the latchkey kid, worst schools. You know what I mean? Excuse me. But then when we live with my mom, mm-hmm. mom was different. Uh-huh. Like mom is like, like you get up at six every morning. There's breakfast yeah. already ready for you. You go right. to the school. You go to the private school with right. the children of royalty. Right. You know, you you you. If you didn't get a perfect score on that paper, you're going to be sitting at the table from two o'clock you? in the yeah. morning, yeah. getting it right. Uh, you know, all your work is checked. Like, make sure you. Oh my God, we had to put Vaseline on before we went out the house because because you know. <laughs> Like, do not be ashy. Like, you know, because you're having that conversation at home right now. My wife's like, hey, you can be a lot of things, but you know, talking to our two ashy. youngest, but you cannot be ashy uh-uh. as you leave the house. Looking like somebody Come found right, you. Looking like, like you, you ain't got no home right, training. right. Like, ain't nobody taking care of you. Like, yeah, like, like nobody yeah. cares. Is what yeah. my wife says. So we uh, so but but the thing is that having that diversity, because mm-hmm. like my mom wanted us to have culture, so we listened. She took us to the symphony. Mm. Into the ballet, yeah, and we, you know, were exposed to different fa- stuff. My dad would have never exposed mm. us to. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I could t- <laughs> tell you right now, I love my dad to death. But my- I tell you right now, you put a, you could put on the most beautiful, moving, like a soul changing opera, and my dad wouldn't even tap his foot. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, gotcha. He'd just be sitting there mad. Like, so that was not him. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, living with my dad, 
you know, like I grew up in the ghetto, so I got beat up a lot. I learned how to fight, mm-hmm. learned how to clown people because mm-hmm. I was getting clowned on, mm-hmm. learned how to survive with little, right. learned the struggles of other people. With my mom, I learned the opportunities that the world has, yeah. that the beauty in, in different things, the beauty in diversity, yeah. that all 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 different parts of the world are not the same. And it's made me a very balanced individual mm-hmm. who, like you, I can I can converse with paupers or kings. Um and I think if we give that to our youth, give them those kind yeah. of experiences, you know what I mean? Now, where, where are you at on? Okay, so now this is going to be a, this is going to be an interesting question okay. to ask you specifically because as a peace officer and a member yeah. of the correction system, yeah, there's the yeah. legal part, and then as a black man oh, yeah. who grew up in the '70s, there's the yeah. other part. So, where are you on physical discipline for children? For children? Now, oh yeah, yeah. We're not talking about the legality of it because <laughs> uh, because you know there's that part. But I, but I, I can only go ahead and interrupt you. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you if you if you if you physically discipline your kids. Yes, that's, that's personal. But I, <laughs> I've I already answered. Yes. I <laughs> so so I have my, my frame of reference is my upbringing, and I like to think that contributed to the person that I am and the reason why I am where I am. And if uh, it's administered in the right way and appropriately, I think it's an important tool. Uh, and so, yes, I, I, I do believe in, in uh, punishment. It was a, I tell you, we got, we got physically disappointed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, a nuclear like, deterrent. Sometimes. I never like, forget, like, okay, you know, you get to a point where you, you know, you, you, you are of size. And, you know, at the point where, like, my mom is now like, oh, I'm not so sure I could do this. But then the threat of, oh, dad's coming home at, at 2.30. Like, oh, I will never forget that. Fear. Oh, see, see, for me. That is motivating. It was because I got big around 14. Yeah. So what, it, it's just like what they did was it just went from, like, so my dad, you know, was an engineer. He used to build stuff. Mm-hmm. So he took pride when we were young in building paddles <laughs> for us to get beat with. Like, I mean, he it was like his oh, hobby. That's a new level. Yeah, he, <laughs> 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 he would put designs. A hobby. In, he would put designs. In <laughs> oh, him. like he had, he was trying to make a more aerodynamic. He had one wow. he had drilled holes in, wow. so that it, it would just cut through the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and no, then, <laughs> no drag on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And uh, and 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 you know, we would like stuff our pants with toilet paper and all of that, like sure. thinking that would make a difference. And then when I got big, it's yeah. like my parents just is like they just flipped the switch. It was like, all right, I'm not gonna use a force multiplier no more. Now it's just the ghetto smack. First thing I get my hand on, I'm hitting you with it because I feel like you're gonna survive anyway. Cause right, you got right, big. yeah, right. Um, but but the physical discipline. Oh, I mean, funny. I tell you, it it made a difference for me. Like, yeah. Again, my parents, same. both of my parents, all they had to do was give me a look. Mm-hmm. And that was enough to, that that one expression let me know, one, I had a beating coming when I got home. Mm-hmm. Two, I better stop what I'm doing or I'm going to get a beating here. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I would be terrified. I remember, oh, my God, I remember one day my third grade teacher came to my house. Oh. Man, because I had, man, you know, following my stupid friends, got disrespectful in school. <laughs> you know, it never, never even occurred to me <laughs> right. that the teacher could directly communicate with my parents. Yeah, yeah, so, you know. These two shall never meet. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, they know each other. Uh-oh. <laughs> exactly. So I'm at home, and um, we're at home, and I'm thinking it's sweet, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's a knock at the door, and I'm too small to look out the peephole. So I say, who is it? And uh, my teacher said her name, man. Oh, my God. You ever just feel all the blood oh, yeah. leave your body? Yeah. And you just get cold. Yeah. And um, I remember my dad, I came to the door, saw who it was, told me to go to my room. 
And I just sat in there. And I'll tell you, man, it was the longest 25 minutes ever. I mean, it, it must have felt like 30 years went by. Yeah. Because I knew. And then and then when he, when he came in the room, that look in his face said everything. I tried to run. Yeah. With one hand, he grabbed me by my ankles and just yeah. held me upside down and whooped yeah. my. Yeah. Vivid man. memories. I have, yes. I have those saying, they they will never leave you. Yeah. <laughs> they stay. Yeah. And then you laugh about it when yes. you get older. Right. Um, but the thing is, you know, I look at some kids now, man. And I'd be like, that's the result of, that's because you ain't never had nobody discipline you. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also what I mentioned earlier. There's that care. Like someone actually cares, is paying attention to your behavior, is invested in your future, and is letting you know kind of where those guardrails are, where the boundaries are, what the limits of your behavior are. Like a lot of, a lot of families, I think, struggle with that nowadays. And it's like, you still have to provide that discipline. That love and discipline are kind there's of the, a, the two things that kids need. There's a whole thing that's happened now. Um, I don't know. It's like kids woke up. We're like, I don't know. They got they got smarter and interpreted the law earlier because now, like, you see these videos of, like, these students in school. Yeah. And they know that the teacher can't do anything. So they just yeah. talk whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, and, man. Uh, you see the video the other day, the kid challenging the teacher to fight? And there's the question of, like, people are wondering online now whether, you know, and the teacher swings on him. Yeah. And, and they're wondering, like, was, was he in his right or not? And so, it's like, wow. I tell you right now, Marlon. That's that's the reason I can't never be no teacher. Because I tell you right, I would be in prison. I'd beat somebody's kid, and then when the parents come, I'm gonna beat them too for letting the kid even get that bat. Yeah, not saying I agree, but but I understand. I mean, I don't. You know, if somebody's physically assaulting you, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what? How much patience are you supposed to have? I mean, and then let's let's put the other let's look at the other thing. They're not children, children. Right. This ain't like a six-year-old who's throwing, who's throwing, you know, paper punches at you. No. This is a whole sixteen-year-old adult that is in their physical prime. They're in their physical prime. Yeah. And then there's you, who's been a teacher for God knows how long. You know, I mean, and you're supposed to just sit there and say, I don't know. You know what you're talking about relates to our work. You know, especially when I think about the the challenge of managing our facility. You know, you you've got. Kids who, uh, you know, maybe haven't had the best upbringing certainly have some challenges. They've certainly come to the attention of law enforcement and are with us, obviously, for for a reason. You know, again, we we do our best to get kids out who don't belong inside. Like, we recognize, you know, detention, you know, can sometimes be a a negative thing for certain youth. uh, But there are those youth who, you know, there there maybe yet isn't a a complete answer for and just for their own safety and for the community's safety. Like, you know, we, we... keep them in custody for a period of time so with, uh, you know, the input and, and uh, decision-making involved in the court and the court partners, of course. Uh, but, but some of the challenges that you just talked about are the same challenges we have every day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think about the staff that we hire, you know, the type of people we recruit. Uh, you know, we love uh, people who've come from uh, both, you know, lived experience, you know, so we've hired people that have touched the system, but we, we love people who have, you know, that coaching mentality, that uh, teamwork mentality. Uh, people have been volunteers and teachers or maybe uh, maybe even retired from other professions because they can bring in, you know, a whole different level of understanding as it relates to youth issues. And when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk about the uh, importance of those positions and how you can be involved um, with the probation office as far as qualifications to get hired, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back on 96.5 KUBU FM after this break. Welcome back to Verbal Radio. Here in the studio today, Chief Probation Officer of Sacramento County, Mr. Marlon Yarber. Yes, good, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. 
So right before the break, we had just started talking about the different opportunities available for employment Correct. within the probation office. I remember earlier you had mentioned that there are the probation officers mm-hmm. and then there are like the administrators, the administrators um, and the, the, the support staff Correct. Um, that keep the operation going. So there are employment opportunities within your office for both. I would imagine. Correct. So if folks didn't necessarily want to be a PO. Um, <laughs> oh, my right. God. That, you know, you remember that movie, How High? Yes. Why did that scene just pop in my head? Where he was like, gentlemen, welcome to academic probation. And he was like, academic probation? Who going to be our PO? And he was like, how charmingly ghetto. That's a good reference. <laughs> uh, so you don't have to be nobody's PO. But uh, so... What are some of those roles that are available with this? Yeah. So, uh, you know, first, let, just let me say uh, we are hiring. Uh, we're hiring uh, uh, in all capacities, both the sworn and our professional staff. Um, you know, just like, excuse me, <clears throat> just like many other industries, you know, we suffered a, a little bit of a setback uh, when the pandemic hit with getting people to apply. Uh, you know, probation is a great paying job, uh, certainly a rewarding job. Uh, and it compensates you well. And again, I referenced earlier, you know, I, I think we are probably the best probation department in the land. And uh, we will uh, certainly, you know, train up people, um, you know, get you set. Uh, there's no better place, in my opinion, to get back to your community than to accept a job, you know, and, and pursue uh, employment with probation. Uh, you know, the qualifications for the sworn side are, are, are pretty simple. You know, you need uh, particularly or uh, specifically 60 units. Uh, and we like to have, you know, maybe a year of, of experience doing something relative to either youth or community. Uh, and that gets you in the door. That qualifies you for the entry-level um, job classification, the probation aid in our in our youth detention facility. Uh, from there, you know, once, once uh, you know, folks obtain their four-year degree, then they're able to advance and promote up through you know, assistant probation officer, uh, deputy probation officer, and on up. Uh, you know, you can, with those same skill sets and qualifications, you know, uh, make yourself eligible to compete for chief one day if that's you know in your in your interest. Uh, on the professional side or the administrative professional side, uh, we're hiring both uh, in our sort of what was traditionally called the clerical uh, employment um, opportunities as well as our fiscal operation, so managing our, our budget, if you will. Uh, and the qualifications there are, are also uh, pretty simple just to get into the door. And, you know, you can come in and, and maybe start your career as, you know, perhaps the receptionist. And, you know, once you uh, maybe, uh, you know, acquire the skills and education and training, you can promote all the way up through, you know, some fairly high level administrative services positions within the department. Uh, as mentioned, uh, we're hiring now. Uh, you know, for more information, folks can go to sackcountyprobation.gov and uh, see the administration tab and see a list of uh, all the opportunities that, that await you. And uh, also, just uh, want to point out that m- many of the um, local agencies, like the probation office or the government agencies, they have positions on every level available. Um, so if you have a specialized training, for example, in like website development, things like that, they can use you. And specifically, I mentioned website development because that is a very long web address you guys got. SacCountyProbation.gov. Man, that's a mouthful. Uh, it's government. 
<laughs> so I mean, you know, maybe get somebody to develop a QR code for you right, guys, or something right. like that, make it a little bit easier. Right. We do uh, have a QR code on our on our recruitment flyer, so we we're getting there slowly well, but surely. There we go. Yeah. We'll have to post one of those recruitment flyers on our website right. for you, right. so uh, we can uh, just link you to it. Yeah. But you know, I I say uh, you know, and I welcome people to apply. Uh, I think our starting salary for officers in the facility might be thirty eight dollars an hour, which is nothing to laugh at. Like certainly. Uh, you know, enough to get you, you you started and support, you know, a small family and household, as we say. Uh, but then, you know, if if probation work may not be your thing, but you still want to give back and work with kids or work with adults, uh, we have all sorts of volunteer opportunities, uh, both in the facility and in the community. Uh, separate from that, you know, we partner and contract with many of the local community-based organizations. And, you know, that is yet another sort of avenue to, to get you involved in the work. Because I always say, like it's you know you, you can't just be critical of the work you know you have to be willing to get your hands dirty and help in in, the, in completing the mission so uh, there are lots of ways to again influence uh, your own community and also uh, support youth that sounds amazing um, so the youth detention facility mm-hmm. um, what are some of the positions that that would be available in there that are not in the capacity of um, probation officer yeah so the 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 youth facility i mean it, it's really a, a small city is you know for anyone that's toured it uh i'll also say you know it, it's usually not what people expect uh just because there's so much hustle and bustle uh in the way of just you know people throughout and so uh you know we're one of the few facilities you know that has a fully operational uh boys and girls club uh we have a swimming pool uh, you know, we have multi-sensory rooms. Uh, we've got a fully functioning library. Uh, we've had college programming, you know, long before, you know, recent requirements to introduce, you know, higher education inside. Uh, we've got both culinary and construction programming. We're working to diversify more uh, CTEs or career technical educational opportunities. Uh, and so, you know, sort of setting those things aside, you know, there, there's a, a kitchen in the facility. So we have, you know, food service staff. We have, a, again, our own laundry on site. Uh, you know, you will see other county agencies also embedded with us. Uh, county Office of Education, big partners of ours. Uh, you know, we just recently had our, our first uh, young person complete their Associate of Arts degree and had a nice ceremony last week. Uh, we've got uh, behavioral health services, so treatment providers embedded with us, mental health. Uh, in addition to that, uh, a fully accredited clinic inside uh, with uh, nurses, you know, full complement, you know, doctors, psychiatrists, optometrists, full complement of staff in the facility. And so there are just all sorts of opportunities to work with youth in custody. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. You're saying there were some volunteer positions also, right? Correct, correct. So, um, you know, our, our work, we realize, um, you know, I think what I what I mentioned earlier, we realize like the connection with youth is sometimes the thing. Uh, and we pride ourselves on being able to make those connections. But we understand like sometimes, you know, youth may not want us to be that connection or that that uh, advocate or that person that they lean on. And they may identify others as sort of their their support network. And so with that, you know, we, we've invited, again, other agencies to assist us in our in our mission. So, you know, we work with Brother to Brother. We work with uh, Movement for Life, you know, formerly Advanced Peace. Uh, we work with Burning Bush Moments. Uh, GAP, Gang Awareness Prevention, so all, all sorts of community-based organizations have a have a place and a footprint within the facility. And through typically their organizations, we're able to utilize uh, both volunteers as well as, you know, small 
uh, contracts to help us again uh, address the needs of youth, you know, provide those supports, maybe be that person who can, you know, share perhaps the same message that probation is sharing, but maybe deliver it in just a little bit different way that helps a youth kind of, you know, change their trajectory in life. Speak to them in their own terms. Of course. So you mentioned a couple times that um, you believe that the Sacramento YDF is the best in the country. I do. Uh, tell me why. I do because I've seen other places uh, in my career. Uh, you know, I mentioned sort of my my time and tenure working for the state, seeing facilities all across uh, both both California as well as facilities in other other states. Uh, and when I reference kind of what they're doing to what we have been doing now for some time, and then when I hear visitors from other places, particularly other states and other jurisdictions come in and, you know, you can kind of see the look on their face when their eyes get big and their jaws drop and they're like, how did you guys figure out how to implement, you know, the use of power tools? Like there's a, a table saw in a unit. Uh, there are knives where, you know, our culinary instructor has taught kids how to debone a chicken, like, and make stock, you know, not, not go to, you know, Rayleigh's and buy the stock, but mm -hmm. let me show you how you make the stock that then contributes to the meal that you're preparing. And so, uh, those are just, you know, a couple small examples, but, but when I think about again, where we have already been and where we're going, uh, I'm hard pressed to think somebody's doing it better, you know, and, and the backdrop of all that is really the staff. We just have an incredible staff. You know, as I mentioned, uh, we, we are full steam ahead right now on recruitment efforts. That's why, you know, you heard me repeat kind of the, the opportunity to apply and also the opportunities to volunteer uh, full steam ahead on recruitment efforts, uh, just trying to catch up, if you will, to, to where we were, you know, pre pandemic and um, with our recruitment efforts, it's really about identifying the best of the best because we, we pride ourselves on hiring people, teaching them about trauma, teaching them about how to engage with kids, how to, how to um, connect with youth, you know, your communication skills being number one. Uh, and so, you know, we look to people who've had experiences perhaps in other areas, you know, again, whether it be coaching, teaching, social work, behavioral health. Uh, volunteerism, et cetera, like those same types of skill sets we say, you know, are make you a great probation officer potentially. And so uh, inviting those folks to apply and then hiring and training them up uh, is really the way that we've ensured the success of the, of the facility. I like the way you put that. Um, and you're a good speaker. I like that. So, Thank you know, you. What, 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 I, what I see is a common theme. That keeps coming back because, you know, last week we sat down with uh, Sean Reagan of the FBI, mm -hmm. uh, who's, who's the G-man yes. of Northern California. Um, <laughs> Love we, that. we sat down with different with different political leaders. And uh, what is a recurring theme in all of these conversations is community engagement. Yes. Is getting getting the members of the community to take a part in these things to make a better change for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested. I got to tell you, man. I'm really. I am very interested. Wait, I got a place for you, man. In having uh, and in, in like create and in, in, in volunteering to, to to some program that will help the youth. Kids are all over media right now. They exactly. they, they know it better than we do. So you you have some you, skills that uh, I want to leverage. I will tell you right now. One thing I've noticed is um like all my kids are small, but mm -hmm. like. People who have older children, like teenagers, mm -hmm. they have the best social media channels. Agreed. Because their kids like will be like, no, 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 do this. They know all of the tricks. They know all of the current stuff. And, Agreed. you know, I got to go on YouTube and be like, how do I sync this like, song to these photos? Right. <laughs> Same. I, I, like, you, you speak in a different language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely am interested in um, in, in volunteering. Mm -hmm. And also, folks listening, if you have um, some programs that you're working on, um, anything that you're working on that, that's beneficial to the youth or to the community of Sacramento, uh, feel free. Send me an email 
to uh, verbal, V-E-R-B-A-L, at houseverbal.com. Mm-hmm. And um, send me an email, tell me what your program is about, and I will connect you with people like Marlon Yarber. I'll connect you with the Urban League. I'll connect you with the organizations mm-hmm. that are likely to embrace those programs and help you get the funding and organization that you need. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. Because at the end of the day, we want to make a positive impact for the community around us. It, it's not enough to make our lives better for ourselves, but real power is the power to empower other people mm-hmm. um and if we go, if we do have real power then we need to use it to empower those that come behind us agree so that they don't have the challenges we face you know verbal uh funny my my dad used to have this saying you know you, you don't get to complain unless you're willing to do something about the issue exactly right. and so you know what you speak of is near and dear to my heart it's that ownership like you know it's one thing just to be you know, the person who's critical or sometimes the advocate who just can complain about the way the system looks or mm-hmm. the way it behaves or, you know, how come there are too many black and brown youth in custody? But it's a totally different thing when you raise your hand and say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to help solve this problem. And let me, you know, share with you in a, in a, in a way that's uh, not just critical, but also in a way that's sort of solution focused, how we can address the issues that, again, that we all see. Like, it's not it's no secret. We, we all see it. That's the whole thing is, is, is being solution oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that, that just really gets under my skin is there are people who feel that complaining about something is the same as doing something about right. it. Right. And I don't need you to tell me how bad the economy is. I don't need you to tell me how bad homeless crisis is. I don't need you to tell me how bad the 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 violence is. I can see it every day I leave my house. Now, what I want you to tell me is what are your ideas on how we can make a difference? Right. I mean, because, see, for me, I'm willing to explore it at least because, you know, say, well, what can we actually do? Um, and the thing is that it, it, it takes so it doesn't take as much effort as you would think because once you make your mind up that you want to make a positive difference that you want to be a force of change Mm -hmm. you will find yourself surrounded by people who feel the same way agreed and then it becomes a collaborative a community effort and you know one of the things that we're missing um especially with our youth is like the community part growing up man my parents beat me they whipped my ass they went to my school teachers and told them in front of me that my teachers had their permission to beat me they told the neighbors in front of me that they had permission to beat me. Everybody in the neighborhood had permission to beat me. You know, I was like community property. Like, I know your parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are my parents. <laughs> exactly. It, it, we were all community property. Correct. And um, we and my parents were the same way. They would see somebody else's kid. Man, you know how many ass women I got because of what somebody else's kid did? Right, I mean, right. I remember one time we were in a grocery store, me and my mom, and um. One of them kids was just talking back today to their person, like, I ain't doing nothing. And my mama looked at me and grabbed me by my collar and was like, you ever talk to me like that? Right. I right. ain't even, look, I'm over there thinking about Haven't something done completely a thing. unrelated. Right. Unrelated, not and, uninvolved. Un- right. And, and here I am getting yanked up. <laughs> right. Um, but the thing is, though, it's that community involvement, that community engagement. And we become, you know, very fearful because you see these videos of, of the students beating the teachers and, and mm. you know, all of that. The thing is, though... People have gotten to a point where we're like, yeah, I don't want to get involved because um, something something could go wrong. I can get hurt. But at the same time, you hurt all of society by not getting involved because that intervention could have made a difference. Correct. You know what I mean? And so we just have to either if we can't do it ourselves individually, if you're not comfortable doing it as an individual, then let us form our communities. Let's pull our communities together so that we can do it as a group to make a difference for our youth and uh, for their futures. Mm -hmm. Now, 
having that spiel, let me get off my soapbox for a minute. Okay. Uh, my man said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you. It's like I told my wife, I'm just agreeing with you now. I don't need you to chime in. <laughs> no, man, I bet you, I tell you right now, that that is the key to marriage. Because my, my father used to tell me, he always said, he always say, uh, you got two choices when you get married. You can be happy or you can be right. Right. And right. Uh, you cannot be both. Can it be, cannot be both. You know, so the... Um, Definitely being agreeable uh, <laughs> is something I could I could learn to do more of. But um, so going back again, if you have any programs, anything you're working on, if you have ideas of a program, like you don't even have to have it, you know, on paper. If Correct. you just have this idea about something that can happen, I'm interested in talking to you. About. Yeah, there are a couple of things that I, I want to just just hit really hard uh, since you, you bring it back up again. Um, you know, we are currently tasked with implementing some just, you know, historical change in the juvenile justice system. So for folks that maybe don't know uh, the division of juvenile justice, you know, a portion of CDCR, what used to be known as the California Youth Authority or CYA is closing its doors June 30th of this year. Uh, Sacramento still has a, a number of youth in the state's care and custody who were, were planning to transition back into our youth detention facility. Uh, so they bring a certain set of needs. In addition to that change, there are also those youth who would have already gone on to the state's care and custody who now just remain in our youth detention facility. So we have kids staying longer, uh, kids with you know complex needs, but there are a couple of very specific things that we've been looking for and we could really use help with. Um, you know, relative to what I touched on with regards to CTE or career technical education, really looking for those folks who may be business owners, small business owners who maybe have opportunity, whether it's uh, volunteer work or internships or hiring kids right out of the gate, really looking to partner with business that, you know, can help with provide uh, kind of a, a, an opportunity for youth to gain employment at the point in which they're released. Uh, and we can even Talk about perhaps what that looks like, you know, prior to release, if there's able, if we have the ability to maybe uh, introduce training uh, while youth are still in our care and custody. So that that is one piece. In addition to that, you know, again, recognizing not every kid's going to go to college or every kid's going to going to pursue, you know, a vocation. Uh, but we do have a number of youth who are, you know, interested in higher ed and and. Uh, opportunity to provide, you know, whether it be additional tutoring, additional um, and variety of classes, uh, you know, there's opportunity there as well. And so being able to introduce new subjects, again, help youth with coursework like that, that again, also remains a, a need, an area of need for us that we'd welcome community involvement with. I mean, so definitely community, you heard it straight from the man himself, uh, the chief probation officer is telling you, hey, we could use your community community we can use your assistance in creating charting new paths for these youths that will keep them out of detention facilities Correct. keep them out of gang violence keep them away from becoming um problems tomorrow and instead of becoming a problem tomorrow they can be a difference maker tomorrow right, right. and they've already got enough experience i mean that's the other thing you know one of the things I, uh, uh, that i find true about funny people hmm. I've never met a funny person who didn't go through a lot of hell. <laughs> you know, That's, that is true. Yeah, you got to. You got. You, it's almost like a, a requirement because you have to go through enough stuff that you can find the humor in anything. That pain and the opportunity to reflect uh, becomes humorous later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so you know, these kids have already been through some things. Agreed. Um, and they've been through enough things that they have enough that they could teach a younger person than them mm -hmm. about what might happen if they make certain choices. Mm -hmm. So if we can find a way to give these, these youth some value 
and and give them something to be proud of and make them useful mm-hmm. and give them hope, then we might be able to make a strong difference in their lives. And I'll tell you right now, House Verbal will answer that challenge. Yeah, that's um, we will not only hire these these youths that uh, are going to be released, but I want to we'll, we'll work with you and come up with some pre-training program yeah, that we can fantastic. implement while they're still in there. Thank you. And they can come out with jobs. No, that's great. Um, and we're going to pay them living wages, not oh, minimum wages. Excellent. No, that is great. Um, so... That I made that commitment on air, Sacramento County. So we got you it. Me you to heard it. it here. Yes. Um, and then uh, for the uh, where is the chief? If somebody wanted to come by to the probation mm-hmm. office, where is that at? Well, we we've got a number of locations. Uh, you know, our our headquarters, if you want to call it that, where my office typically is at is eight seven four five Folsom Boulevard. Uh, but our youth detention facility is at nine six zero one Kiefer. Uh, we, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about our, our juvenile operations, and much of that is is um, housed or sited kind of in this portion of the county uh, where I reference with regards to Kiefer, uh, along Branch Center Road is you know where our, our juvenile operations are at. But our adult operations, which I've not talked a lot about, uh, are embedded really across the county, and so really more regionalized. And the idea there is that uh, you know provides an opportunity for people to report. Uh, so they don't have to make their way all the way to Folsom Boulevard if you live in the south area or if you live in the north area. You can, you know, get to one of our locations that's maybe closer to your neighborhood. And so at those sites, you know, opportunity for treatment, uh, education, certainly, you know, checking in with your probation officer as, as necessary. Uh, those things are, are really kind of situated so that they're more geographically uh, appropriate for the population. So speaking of um, the adult probation side of it, because we haven't talked about that very much, um, what are the needs? What are what does what does the county need from the community to be of assistance with the adult probation? Yeah. So uh, again, we we we've had a lot of focus on juvenile. It's probably our highest priority given that that challenge that I referenced with regards to uh, the state's facilities and their closure. But um, a lot of people don't understand or always connect that uh, there are many more adults who are under probation supervision than than anything. Uh, funny story, really quick, is uh, you know we've been so kind of uh, focused on juvenile. Uh, one of my community members who serves on on one of the committees that's helping design our response to that challenge, you know, asked me out loud, like you know, hey, who who's the chief over adult? And when I had to say, well, you're looking at it, brother, it's, it's me. Like that's it. It's like I, I am doing both. He was just like, you could see this reality, like oh my goodness, like you're so focused on this thing, but there are all of these other thousands of people who you're also working, uh, you know, for and with to, to address needs in the community. And so, uh, you know, people don't always equate the two. You know, we both supervise adults in the community. We run juvenile hall. Uh, we do all sorts of uh, programs for, for folks who've touched the system. You know, biggest thing now with the county, you know, sort of setting homelessness aside, which I think everybody agrees is, you know, something we, we have to continue to try to figure out. Uh, it's addressing the, the jail's population. And so probation with its unique brand of law enforcement kind of balancing both accountability and opportunity, you know, we think we're well situated to maybe assist the county with trying to resolve uh, uh, some of the decisions and, and programs that may be necessary in, in that regard. Uh, and so for us, the the opportunities are, are many. Uh, you know, we're certainly looking to expand things like our pretrial supervision, which gets people out of custody who maybe shouldn't be and who can, you know, go along, go on with their lives, you know, pending sort of their court matters, um, you know, until it's proven guilty. You know, we really, really don't know yet how they'll how their cases will resolve uh but we think 
you know, opportunity to connect people to services, whether that be, you know, something as simple as a ride to and from court, you know, a reminder, um, uh, ability to mentor people who maybe have touched the system. If you, you know, just need someone to talk to, uh, it can be connection to housing services, you know, someone that maybe navigates or understands how to navigate, uh, what's available in the community. Uh, it can be, uh, as simple as that, or it can be, you know, much more complex in the way of, uh, treatment providing, you know, a treatment provider that, that might uh, be able to assist us. So again, no shortage of opportunities there. And sort of as I reference the needs of the juvenile population, same really applies to the adult population. We, you know, we have a number of um, young adults who are very much like children in, in that regard, just given sort of the, where their, their brains are at in regards to development, you know, still, you know, as I say, like my, my 25 year old's needs, you know, really that not that much different from my 14 year old's needs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, still, still a child, but, you know, in the eyes of the law, obviously, you know, squarely in the land of adult, uh, but the same needs. So it would be, you know, Things like, uh, you know, employment and opportunities, you know, job training, job skills, uh, assistance with education, like those same needs then apply to that population as well. Okay. So definitely make sure that if, you, if you're interested in making a positive difference in Sacramento, um, we've definitely given you options to, to assist with the youth, to assist the county itself, to assist with the adults. Um, there are some challenges that we face as a community, but we can overcome them if we all come together yeah. um, and just take them head on because yeah. we are a nation of people who get stuff done. Yeah. My, message is, on the moon. Uh, my message is always, you know, it's not this or that. It's this and that. Yes. Yes. This is something. So, so you know, this is this is what I love. My pastor always talks about that. He's like, you know, some people say like, 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 like you can be you can be you can be blessed. Or you can be rich. And he'll say, I want to be rich and blessed. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It doesn't have to be either or. Yeah. It can be both. Yeah. Um, be both. So remember the very, very long web address of, uh, <laughs> I, 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 let me see if I can remember this, because it was, it, was, it was the whole alphabet in there. Uh, SacCountyProbation.gov. You got it. Okay. You guys, you remember that? SacCountyProbation.gov. Um, to get more information on how to participate as a volunteer or for employment, they do pay a living wage. Plus, that is a is that a that's a county job. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, as a county job, a county job. As right. a county job, you're an employee of the government with all of the government benefits that include health care, which is so needed. Correct. Uh, so, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Marlon, for being here. No, my pleasure. This is going to conclude our show on ninety six point five KUBU. You've been listening to Verbal Radio. For those of you listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube, the show will be continuing after this next break. One. All right. Welcome back to Verbal Radio. This is now on our Spotify portion, Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Thank you all for tuning in. Oh, also on houseverbal.com, you might be listening through our website. So now we're on the unfucking censored part of our show here with Marlon Yarber, the head of the Sacramento County Probation Office. Correct. And now we're going to talk about, we're going to get to know you a bit better. Sure. Uh, so before we started the show, you were talking about, uh, you were telling me this great story about how. You used to listen to the uh, hip hop uh, before you went to school. Correct. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh man. Uh, so you know, growing up in Stockton, you know, not necessarily what anyone would call the the hotbed of the culture, if you will. <laughs> uh, but but uh, we have some family friends. Uh, you know, shout out to Greg Chambers, uh, Dr. Elliot <laughs> Chambers. Right, right, right. Shout out. 
<laughs> Shout out to them. Uh, but but they had, I think, if I remember this right now, they had family, either D.C., New York, and uh, Dr. Chambers, his son, Elliot, uh, would go back to the East Coast with his dad and would bring back these cassette tapes. Mm. And so I remember literally, it must have been like, 79 80 80 early 80s i would have been about 10 years old and uh you know we go to their house or some some family event where you know at least the the black black families who were doing something would all get together and and you know the kids you know off in this other room you know greg would play us these tapes or excuse me yeah yeah greg excuse me would play these tapes for us and uh it was crazy because I just I vividly have these memories of hearing you know melly mel furious five grandmaster flash like like, what are they talking about? Like, I just remember, like, literally, I think I asked that question, like, what is he saying? Like, I can't understand it. Like, what, what, he's talking, but he's singing. Like, I really, we had this conversation. And from that, just, you know, that spawned my love of hip hop. And, uh, you know, my friends now to this day, you know, we're all in our 50s now, but they, they will remind me on occasion, like, you know, you remember, like, uh, seventh grade, you were like the first kid on the bus, you know, getting on the bus, reciting rhymes, you know, writing rhymes on the bus. So when we got to school and got off the bus, you know, we would battle a little bit before class started. Like, you remember all of this, right? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, but, not, but now, like, okay, that's kind of, you know. You seem like you still uh, got uh, it, man. I, I, I'm, uh, right. Now it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm still a little cool. I like, mean, I tell you If what, I were to tell my kids this, they'd be like, no, oh, no. dad. Oh, no, dad. not you. Hell no. hell no, dad didn't no. do that. Right. I tell you, though, you still got it. You got, the, you got that vibe where, like, if, like one of your favorite rappers like oh, walked yeah. in the room right oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you would spit their verse yeah. right there with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's your who's some of your favorites? Oh man. Uh so you know, I have this ongoing debate with my oldest boy. We we talk about like top five, you know, top five greatest. And uh it, it's hard. Um because I, I will say, like, I recognize game and I recognize who is really gifted, but they may not be my favorites. Mm-hmm. And so uh my favorite probably still to this day Rakim like that's probably my favorite and also who I just think you know changed the way you know people handled the mic like I, I just he he, he brought In it to way. a whole new level yeah so like paid in full microphone fiend uh you know I remember we had a we had a youth event uh who was it? Paris Die out in Foothill Farms had a youth event a couple years ago. You know, you get to you get to put together. You know, tell them what you want your theme music to be, what you want to walk out to. And I remember it was Microphone Fiend for me. So that tells you, like, <laughs> that was my jam. Like, I just I could listen that listen to that today, like over and over on repeat, just because I you know I love the music. So Microphone Fiend, Microphone huh? Fiend. Oh man. So all right, let me ask you this: Who's the best concert you ever went to? Ooh. uh... Best concert, uh, you know, I don't know if it, if it meets the definition of concert, if you call like a club event, you know, with just a couple hundred people. Uh, best performer, I think I've seen hands down is KRS-One. Uh, you know, he dude, was just here in yes, Sacramento like, yes. last, like the other day, yeah. Dude, uh, and again, not not one of my favorites, L- love it, and know all the old stuff, BDP, Boogie Down Productions. Uh but hands down, just ripped the mic. Like had everybody going. Like that's that's probably the best MC. Now, separate from that, the most entertaining I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, hands down, totally different reason. The Roots uh, oh, yeah. are unreal. I saw yeah. the Roots. It must have been early '90s. I think after the very first album, 
first CD album tells you how old I am. First CD, <laughs> uh, The Roots played things you, I mean, it, you know, Questlove could do Funky Drummer, James Brown, like they just, they, whatever you wanted to hear, he could play on the drums, whatever beat somebody would call out, he could play. Unbelievable entertainment live. Again, uh, incredible. Oh man, that's my song. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to play it for you. I want to. I want to. I want to see you spit something. I know Athena you know. The I know you know one of the. So we had a little bit of a technical snafu. Uh, accidentally stopped recording, but that's all good because now we're back in the building, and now we got rapper Marlon Yarber in the house. <laughs> that's right. He's oh, about oh, to spit oh. some hot fire. <laughs> hot fire. Here on Verbal Radio. Yeah. We gonna freestyle or you gonna or we gonna rap the song? Uh I don't I don't even got any lyrics right now in my head. I ain't like, got no lyrics in I, my I head. I can do a little bit of the microphone thing. I do the first line. Hit it. I was a fiend before I became a teen. Melted microphones instead of cones of ice cream music orientated. So when hip hop was originated, did it like pieces of puzzle. Complicated. <laughs> Hey, hey, I love it. Yo, you just killed that shit. Uh, I, I hope your kids get to hear this. Like my kids will be like, that is not you, dad. No, nah, uh, that is. That is not our dad in a suit. He does not do that. Man, <laughs> listen. Look, look, like I had to introduce my older boy. I have now you're giving me flashback. Like my older boy, when he was about uh 12, 13, I think. I, I introduced him to Public Enemy and uh, Eric B. Rakim, The Far Side, and and he never looked back. Like those are still like his jams to this yeah. day. And it's very funny to my wife and I now. Our youngest son, uh, you know, you might think kids, you know, listening to one hundred two five or whatever's on the radio, whatever's you know, they get online, Spotify, shout out Spotify. Uh, it, it his thing is V one hundred one. He is into like. Is that rock music? Old school hip hop. Like he oh. is like a, a Tupac fan. And like we're like, we don't even she and I don't even listen to that. But that's like his stuff. Like, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, I guess that's everybody his, got their flavor. Got their right? flavor, got their own flavor. Yeah. I he's mean, definitely a throwback in that regard. Yeah. I you know what I'm into that's uh kind of mm. retro like that? I like old swing music. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. No. Yeah. I don't know what, where I, what got you into I think I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swing dancer. He was talking about swing dance. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lindy Hop. Dance. And I started listening to some of the music, and I was yeah. like, oh, this is fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can yeah. spin a verse on yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's wild. And yeah, I, the thing I, 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 got I, man. I got a freestyle on this beat. Go ahead. I mean, you rapped. I can't yeah, just not so. rap, too. Yeah. All right. Hey, yo. Hey, they call me Verbal Adam, and I'm trying to address the nation. That's why I'm sitting here on the radio with the head of probation in Sacramento County yeah. so that yeah. we can get yeah. state yeah. and get on the place so that everybody can be blazing without going on trial or without going inside. I can't even freestyle no more. I done got old inside, and now I'm just going to stop rapping right uh, there. Oh, you killed man, that, man. I'm about to I steal was, that. It, it had a good start, right? <laughs> it, did. it started out hot. It started out hot. Fire, yeah, it was, it was hot. Just, just, yeah, it started out with some hot <laughs> fire. Hot fire. <laughs> Right. You know, but at the same time, it cooled off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> I tell you right now, man. I tell you, you know, you man, you'd have caught me when I was like 16, 15. Oh, yeah. I swear I thought I was a rapper. Same. Like, I, man, I was cutting CDs. I was, same. Man, I'd be same. like, man, I would just swear. sit there and just freestyle for like 40 minutes straight. Right, right. And now, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, yeah, you, you, you know, bills. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's enough right there. You know, like, I did everything tied to that. That, that. Well, I'm at this point now. I've gotten to that oh, point where, where it's like I wake up and I'm like, okay, what's the random pick going to be today? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, as soon as I, it's like, man, just as just soon as I sit upright. Right. It's right. like, yeah. Yeah, right. the news like oh, you know man. i wake up it's like okay what's on the news and you know i'm addicted yeah i, I ain't even like i can't because you know the news alerts on my phone make yes. a specific sound yes versus like the text messages or yes. something like that and i can't not check the news alert yeah like it'll be three in the morning i'm knocked out right i hear that news alert i got to see what happened <laughs> And then it'll be some. It'll be something completely innocuously unrelated. Uh, un- unrelated, like, right, like, right? Like 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 Seven Eleven announces right. discontinuing what did Kanye the Coca Cola. Say today. <laughs> <laughs> he hates who? Oh, okay. I go back to sleep. Oh man! Speaking of Kanye, man, look. Wait, is this? Yeah, that's Kanye right there. That ain't even the Kanye that I had meant to put on here, mm. but uh, it's still good Kanye. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to put that in the background. Now, yeah, the thing yeah. about, yeah, it, it'll be like news. And, you know, it's crazy. Everything is breaking news. Mm-hmm. Everything, Everything is breaking news. It's like, it's like, do they even know what breaking news used to be? Right. And then when you start reflecting and reminiscing, so that's when I start feeling old because it's like, I remember my parents, they hated hip hop. They hated everything modern. Yeah. They hated the internet. They hated cell phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's like because they couldn't adapt with the times. They right. couldn't keep up. Right. And then now I'm asking myself, is that what's happening to me? Right. Am I like now? Eventually, am I, am I now the it one? catches us all. Yeah. yeah it's like I'm LeBron. Like, was it Father Time is uh, undefeated? It's eventually, it's going to catch up to Exactly, it's man. Catch up to you, too. That's exactly right. You can't outrun time. No. Um, but, man, if I get one more news alert about Kanye West, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, I tell, Wait, I tell I, you, well, I'll tell you what I hate. I hate that my phone and whatever AI is built into it feeds me all the things that I've clicked on and I'm like well just cause I, look, I looked at that for one minute on one day don't mean I want this all day long no so. I'm gonna tell you something I noticed hate right? that so, so, so this is real talk um, my Facebook listens to me yeah in yeah. a sense of like I'll be having I had a conversation the other day um, oh, I was talking about. So I had this idea. I was like, you know, those um, like the like the the college uh, sport jackets, you know, yeah. like the football team jackets, yeah. or whatever. So I was talking to somebody. I was like, man, I would love to put my logo on some of those jackets and give them away to people, right? And this is what I'm just saying to someone in person. Mm-hmm. I'm having this conversation mm-hmm. with. Kid you not, for like the next week straight, every ad on my Facebook was the, those the, jackets. Yeah, yeah. The geo-mapping, they got you now. Yeah. It's, it's built into so whatever I, you're I, looking at. I had to go in and disable the microphone, disable the video camera, disable wow. its ability to see my photos. Because, wow. I mean, it's like, you know, they tell you, like, oh, you need to worry about TikTok or Huawei because they're selling your information. Bro, Facebook. There's other, other apps doing the same. I'm telling my you. My wife right? says the same thing. She's like, why are they listening to me? Like, oh, I looked up this car that I want to buy, and now every ad is And now everything is that. Is that. Car. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't know if it's just me, but man, do you remember when we was young? Hmm. Like you could like live life, you could do stuff for free. Yeah, you remember that? Then nothing's free. When now. like when like you could like go out of the house and there was free stuff free to do stuff. that didn't cost you any Nothing. money. Yeah, and like now I'd be like, I was like yesterday. So this weekend, this whole weekend, uh-huh. I actually had my first weekend off in like eight weeks. Wow, right? Because I've been working every day, wow. like twelve hours a day since we came in here in the studio. And so this weekend, I was like, all right, I got some time off. I'm going to take my whole little weekend off. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm a tight wad, man. I ain't trying to spend no money. Yeah, Cause like, for me, Because for me, it's like, yeah, I can go to that restaurant for that $150 dinner. Yeah. Or that $150, man, that's a whole other backdrop I can get for my studio. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, reinvesting. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, um, so I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, okay, what's some fun stuff that I can do with the family? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we could go to the park. And then that was about as far as it went. Wow. Because everything else after that that I could think everything of had a price. cost money. Yeah. Like, there's no there's no you know, community theater that just right. does performances we can go to. Right. There's no festivals where I can just walk in. Right. It's like, nah, you got to, you, you want anything, you want to do anything. It's like the library right. is the only free place left. Right. That you can go to publicly and do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funny, I know the saying, we were... Uh, you know, we you know we live in Sacramento. It's you know the the beauty of Sacramento. You can get you know an hour. Well, now maybe two hours to the beach. Maybe now an hour <laughs> and a half, two hours to the snow. And it's like you they will charge you to go to the snow park in certain places. Like yeah. we used you, to do you, this you know for what, free. You, you know, know again, what, just a tank of gas. But you get up there and you could just have have fun in the snow. Now it's like eh, it's gonna cost you twenty dollars. You know, if you want the the sled, that's another twenty dollars. And, like, and so here's the thing: and is then, that a half day or a full day? Or you can get the, or you can get a membership. And True. Just pay annually. True. Now here's the thing: <laughs> everything you know seems to be gearing more towards subscription services. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a content creator, you know, mm-hmm. I use the Adobe Creative Curate. Photoshop and all of that. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when you could just buy the software outright. Out, right. You can't do that now. Now wow. you have to. The only way to use it is with subscription. Wow. And the thing is, here's what frightens me as a as a black person who mm-hmm. grew up poor mm-hmm. without generational wealth mm-hmm. is I can easily see us as a nation getting to a point where everything is subscription based mm. and children are born and condemned to a lifetime of poverty mm. because their parents didn't have the right subscriptions. Wow. Because you look at like that's our, crazy our healthcare. Yeah. Like with insurance, that's subscription based. Yes, it is. Right. And we look at like, 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 our, you know, they, they realize there's more money and getting you to just repeatedly pay a small amount Correct. than to come up with a lump sum. Correct. You got a mortgage. That's like a, that's put it on auto pay, pay and then you exactly. forget forget all about it. Your streaming apps, all everything is a subscription. You can't even buy the movies. You you got to just right. you, you pay for the app. Right. You want to watch the show, you got to re- pay for the app the whole time. Right. And and so it's like, what happens when 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 you got people who didn't have that subscription and now you're born, but you don't have a subscription to 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 like like I don't like if you don't have health mm-hmm. insurance right now. Just the difficulties that poses for you in the medical field. True. When you need health care. True. Like, I mean, to tell you, it's a frightening prospect. And that's why that's crazy it's thought. so important. I hadn't thought about that way, but you're right. It is a subscription service. Yeah. As well, long man, as you're paying, I, you got it. And even even as a business person, I would love to put all my clients on a subscription basis mm-hmm. because that guarantees our income. Mm-hmm. You know, we know exactly what's going to be coming and it's not going to fluctuate. But at the same time, it creates a society. And that's the, this is the one of those things that, that Charles Dickens said mm. in uh, A Christmas Carol that he wrote almost 200 years ago. Um, he said that a man starts a business not only to make money, but to preserve his way of life. Mm. And I would like to, 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 to create spaces where people can just live their lives mm-hmm. and not have to worry about, oh, I got to pay to go do this. Yeah. Like, there's enough abundance where we should be able to do stuff for free. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I mean, it's it, funny. It relates to all sorts of aspects of life. Uh, something as simple as basketball. You know, we used to just play basketball in the park when we were kids, and now it's you know, 
if you play and you're competitive, you know, it's the AAU route. And it's like, I start to think about, well, you know, I can certainly afford to, you know, support my kids when they play. But what about all the cats that I know in the neighborhood who can ball, but just maybe don't have, you know, not necessarily even the shoes or the transportation, but can't even afford maybe the, the AAU membership, you know, and being able to get online and access that. And so there are all these sort of barriers to, you know, kids sort of being connected to things that, you know, used to be low and no cost. And, and, and you know, I was talking to the head of the Libertarian Party. I interviewed him mm. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he made a really good point. He was saying that one of the things that um, he feels is that licensing Mm-hmm. disenfranchises a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I never considered that before. But then he, he's, he's talking about like things that you should be able to do for free mm-hmm. that you have to have a license to do, like go fishing. Yeah. Like yeah. you need a license. Yeah. When that's something that like naturally is part of the human experience. Yeah. To go monetize. Fishing. Right. The, they monetize the, it. Access and, and, to the water. And like when I was in, running in tourism back in D.C., we used to pay $250 a year for a tour guide license that wow. they never – I never once, in all the years I did tourism, never once had my license checked. Never once had to produce it anywhere. Never <laughs> once had to show it. And I can't tell you where the money goes once we give it to them. But they found a way, like, we can make some money off of this, so let's do it. Wow. And then, so the people who don't have the 250 for the license, now they can't go do what they're passionate about. Uh, right. Because they don't have the money to get started. Right. So it's like, that is another form of subscription because licenses are renewable. You don't just yeah. buy it one time. Even your driver's license, you yeah. got to renew. Yeah, right. You know, and it's All like, right. I mean, I can tell you right now, Medea said it best, right? You can take my license. I still got the keys. Still got the keys. You know what I mean? And I, I can name I can name a hundred people right now, 20 of which I'm blood related to, uh-huh. who have had their licenses for oh, decades yeah, yeah, and can't yeah, drive yeah, one for them. Yeah. So yeah, Agreed. You know what I mean? It's like. Look, some of them with the license can't drive. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, is that actually helpful or is it hindering people and it's just you know with everything becoming so much more expensive Mm -hmm. and and more people trying to find more ways to monetize things Mm -hmm. i mean what happens when we find ourselves in society that's fully monetized yeah i mean because i mean honestly like they literally have companies that sell canisters of air air compressed air you know what i mean like yeah so, I mean, we, if, if they could monetize just breathing, they would. Yeah. If they could monetize eating, well, they monetize they, eating. Eating, yeah. They monetize housing. Yes. They monetize your ability to do those things on your own. Yeah. Because let's say you didn't want to buy the house. Right. Or you didn't want to go to the grocery store. You need a permit to fish. Correct. You need a permit to hunt, a license to hunt. Correct. You need permits and insurance to build your own house. All of it. So it's like you're going to pay one way, one or, the way other. or the other, you gonna pay. There is it's no coming. room for you to do anything without us getting our hands in it. Agreed. So it doesn't look historically; those situations don't reverse themselves. You know, like 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 the cost of milk it, ain't gonna be cheaper. Right. It just snowballs. Exactly. It only gets worse. And then we're gonna find ourselves in a situation where it's like people are just born out the gate mm-hmm. as a permanent working class mm-hmm. with no opportunity. To have that American dream of working hard and, and overcoming. That's why we have to establish businesses. And it's important for us as, as black men, as black leaders, to put that ladder down yes. behind us to ensure that the ones coming behind us have an opportunity. Yeah. Connect people to those those yeah. ideas, a chance to, to create and be your own, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you, you just got to teach you how to have ownership of it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're going to be ground in the mill with everybody else. Yeah, Marlon, this has been a great conversation, man. No, man, I've enjoyed you, you know, you are all right with me. Uh, I tell appreciate you, we gotta, we gotta We got to get you back out here uh do another show. I, I look forward to that. Um, and then definitely you and I are going to coordinate about, about House Verbal. Yes. Um, 
you know, partnering with with the uh, Sacramento Probation Office to provide opportunities for those youth. No, but, uh, great opportunity. I think uh, so many lessons can be shared from the work that you do. Uh, one, just kids seeing you, you know, in this realm, you know, where they maybe don't always picture us uh, being the professional. I think you know, I that, definitely don't look like Barack Obama. <laughs> I that, might sound like that, that role modeling. Uh, man, you can't really get that anywhere else. You know, and I, I beat them kids. You're right, and I agree. I, I, I do. I, I do I, as well. I will so. take my belt off. <laughs> I will light they need to up. hear that because they they know and have that reference like oh that's love they, you, they know, you know that you care you know who said it the funniest is that Medea what? she was like little was girl say one more word and I will pimp slap <laughs> <laughs> it is true <laughs> and I tell you right now oh. man, to this day I remember I, I, I will tell you and I don't know why I insist on embarrassing myself on the air but oh. I will tell this story the only Time I have ever pissed on myself Mm -hmm. from fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this. So, oh, fucking up in school. Mm -hmm. Me being me. Uh, Yeah. And the teacher came, 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 called my house and told my mom. Yeah. And my mom, my dad was a disciplinarian. Yeah, same. But my mom was not only a disciplinarian. But if you embarrassed her, uh, oh, yeah. you got it way worse. Yeah, and so yeah. it wasn't just that I was fucking up in school, yeah. but that the teacher called her. Teacher. Now she was embarrassed. Teacher had to it was like, get oh, involved. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. listen. I just remember she got off that phone and she just came running towards me. I pissed myself out. So then yeah. she caught me off guard. So anyway, saying all that to say, that little squirt of piss I let out mad made me the man I am today. Yeah. And so we're yeah, going to. That, that pride, man. You you crossed that and uh, interrupted uh, what she had going. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, because in, in, in for black people, we had to work so hard to get to where we where we have been. Twice as good. Twice, you're right. And, and so to get there and then have your kid just going around acting like they don't give a shit, mm-hmm. like following the other kids, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And you done been through all of that? Like my mom, did, and I'm a quarter right here. I brought you in this world. I'll take you take out. Right out. Take you right out. <sighs> Man. Wow. Yeah, that's, that just yeah. took me yeah. back. Yeah, I know. You're making me fly. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like right is now. my room clean? I'm you trying to think I mean? right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, man. I'm sitting here like, yeah, let me make sure I crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's. <laughs> right. Hey, thanks so much for stopping in, Marlon. Again, No, uh, a pleasure folks, and a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, man. This has been Verbal Radio. Uh, please make sure you go to SACCountyProbation.gov. Yes. Yeah. We are hiring. I got I to gotta take a deep breath before I say it. <laughs> SACCountyProbation.gov. Um, they are urgent, actively hiring both for probation officers as well as support staff. Correct. Um, people who are interested in starting some programs that can help the youth, Correct. please reach out to the probation office. They're interested in hearing what you have to say. House Verbal is interested in what you have to say. Um, and if you have any ideas on how we can work together, how we can come together as a community for the betterment of not only our youth but our adults and our community as a whole, please reach out. This has been Verbal Radio, and I'm your host, Verbal Adam, here with Marlon Yarber of the Sacramento County Probation Office, wishing you guys a great day. Yes, thank you. last word for you. Thank you. Uh, You know, we we recognize in probation everybody makes mistakes. We all do. Uh, Certainly, we we hope it's nothing that's too serious. And so our approach is that uh, if we can provide any tools to youth, particularly to youth, but also adults in the system, if we can provide any tools that help them on their way, uh, it helps make the community a better place. And knowing that we share the community, uh, it's in our interest to see them be successful. Thanks so much, Marlon. This is Verbal Radio.